0: All right. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone. And let us open up in a word of prayer. So I don't think we can do anything before starting there. So let's let's just start there. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so, so much for each and every person that has taken out time to join us here today. Uh, for people that are leading or curious about leading or just wanting to learn more information about it, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for their hearts to serve. I thank you for their desire to help the broken and the lost and to link arms with us in this journey where we are just on fire to take back ground the enemy has taken. And we stand here together and say, no more, not today. And so, Lord, I'm so excited to see what you have in store for us during this next hour. Uh, May we be able to step aside and allow it to be completely your will. Because I'm just excited to have a church service today with my brothers and sister leaders. So thank you for this opportunity, and thank you for each one of them. And most importantly, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.
1: All Let's have some church, y'all. Thank you so much. We all appreciate it. Um, Team, just to introduce everybody in the recorded portion of this, this is my lovely wife, Christina. Uh, She is co-hosting the meeting. She is upstairs here at Soul Refiner next to me is marcos he is our director of content here at soul refiner uh, you'll be hearing lots more from him in the future and we're going to talk a lot more about the why behind that uh, moving ahead uh, especially towards the end of the meeting so uh, today is all about navigating the holidays with the group dynamic uh, and as leaders you're going to be taken obviously forefront in that effort in terms of how to help guide people through it because some folks have not endured a holiday yet while they've been in a period of recovery and it can be challenging to say the least. And so we wanna make sure that you're prepared to walk through this with some of those folks, and maybe you need to face some stuff in your life. Um, I I know every time we discuss this, each year brings up something else for me and Christina. Uh, We just feel so blessed uh, to have an ability to to, to talk about this. And so, um,
0: Christina- yeah, let me just add something there. I mean, we could go to the internet and find, you know, 10 ways to get through the holidays and 10 prevention plans and strategies. And yes, we are going to talk about that towards the end. But I love what you say, Lamar. Um, there's incredible resources out there, but I love when I hear you tell the men, but I'm a one trick pony. So get your Bibles, y'all, because we're digging into the word because this is where we get the truth. What? Are, how are we going to do this God's way? Because we know, I mean, there's many, many different ways we can look online. Amen. Thank you for that, Rodney. Um, but we, we are all about God's way. So we are going first to the word and then we'll see how we can go into the world with the word. So I'm that's why I'm super excited about having Marcus here because he shared with us, uh, he and Lamar both came up with this message. I, I truly believe it was downloaded by God. And it's really beautiful because if you've paid, if you have been involved with our sanctuary and our mission briefs the past um, few months We've been talking about forgiveness and that's a tough, tough topic and rolling into, uh, especially rolling into the holidays uh, for people that are going through betrayal. And it's just so beautiful to see that the next part, there's an and there. It's not just forgiveness, it's forgiveness and gratitude. And so we're going to be talking about that. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Marcos, and just have you start with uh, sharing the message that God has downloaded on y'all.
2: Absolutely, thank you, Christina, and thank you, everybody, for allowing me to be here with you guys and to participate in this webinar. It is so cool to see some names to face, uh, yeah, faces to names, and um, to know that you guys are on the front line. Um, again, it really is a privilege and an honor for me to be here with you guys. Um, you guys are out there doing the work. Uh, you're taking the initiative, taking responsibility, you know, doing the work in the kingdom. It's not easy and uh it really is a privilege for me to be here with you guys so thank you for having me on uh getting away from behind the scenes and get in front of the camera a little bit and, and share my heart with you guys and some of god's word um not many not sure if many of you guys are football fans if you watch any college football uh sometimes you have the broadcasters uh kind of you know thinking uh, about who's gonna win the game that day what who what team are they gonna side with well today we're gonna be diving into scripture so i'm team bible of course but the mascot I'm going to go ahead and put on the day and represent is uh, Colossians 3. Nice. So that's going to be the winning team of the day today. And um, so we want to dive into that a little bit as we kind of dive into this season, end of the year. Uh, many people are kind of digressing, getting ready for the holidays, wanting to relax and enjoy the festivities, uh, you know, rejoined, you know, with family. And for many people, this can be kind of a daunting thing, you know, as they get around certain people uh, that they may be uncomfortable with because it can be triggering um, because of certain memories or experiences or things that they have witnessed and stuff like that, or even uh, going through certain traditions um, that may conflict with their beliefs, because maybe not everybody in their family is Christian and so they're going to be around this environment that can get them to feel uncomfortable. Um, So we wanted to kind of take a biblical approach and how you guys as leaders and also the people in your in your groups can get prepared, uh, you know, mentally, spiritually for this season and you know Lamar feel you know was led by the Holy Spirit to really uh, introduce you know hey let's talk about Colossians three and I just just dove right into it and as I was researching and doing some background, uh, you know, uh, seeking information and looking at the context of uh, Paul, who wrote this epistle uh, to the Church of Colossae uh, around you know 60 AD, he was actually in a Roman prison at that time. This is probably around the same time that he wrote the epistle of Philippians and Ephesians. Um, and so to keep that in mind and understanding someone who is in prison who could say a lot of other things during this context, but to choose to say what he says and to how he is admonishing uh the people and the Christians in Colossae is something to really highlight and to pinpoint as we also reflect on our season of life and what we may be going through and the trials and difficulties to keep that you know in remembrance I think is so key and so important Um, also to just acknowledge that he's writing to the church you know he's not writing to you know the general public and so this message it can come off and it's encouraging it's powerful it's a great reminder um, but you know, it's it's acknowledging that you know a lot of the Christians in the Church of Colossae are engaging in activity or things that aren't really in alignment with God's word. And here He is writing uh, to them to, hey, we got to recalibrate here, get you guys back on track and the right path, and remember what is the foundation, what is the core message and belief uh, that we need to be living out our lives uh, in and through. And so that's kind of the context a little bit, understanding you know that. This epistle came in response to uh, a message that Paul got that the people in Colossae were falling prey to false teachers at this time, who were trying to impose strict rules about eating and drinking and religious festivities. And, and, and what an what interesting timing uh, in all this is we're all about to embark in a similar season of uh, celebrating uh, festivities and you know eating and, and drinking, being merry and being around our loved ones and stuff like that. And, and how we may all have differing, you know, beliefs or views and perspectives, and, and, and Paul provides his uh, guidance on how to approach, and, and so what he focuses on mostly is the superiority of Christ over all human philosophies and traditions, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Colossians 3 today, but I wanted to look at the literary context and go back a few chapters and briefly touch on what he mentions in Colossians 1 and 2. He says this, if you guys... Uh, have your Bibles out. I'm going to read a few passages out of Colossians 1 and then jump into two. And he says, and so from the day we heard the message that he got from uh, the the, the founder of the church in Colossae, he heard the message and he says that we have not ceased praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. I'm gonna skip over to chapter two, and he says this, therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. And if and if if with the Christ you have died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But catch this, they are of no value in stopping the indulgences of the flesh. So here Paul is immediately reinforcing the deity of Christ in his person, the saving, the salvation that we have attained through the uh, finished work of the cross and the reconciliation that we have through Christ's shed blood. In other words, through Christ alone is how we overcome the indwelling sin that we have in our lives. That we are therefore released from the condemnation of the law. We have victory over the demonic forces, and therefore we can live out our lives as such. Now, it's an important disclaimer to add here that this is not a license to sin. Oh, you know, I, I'm walking in this freedom from the law now. I can do what I, you know, well, please. And, and we'll see here real quick that that's not the case. Um, so therefore. Paul reinforces this and corrects their theology and their belief system first, um, like any great clinician today would. And and he gives proper instruction on how to live life as a result. So right off the bat in Colossians 3.1, in the very first verse, he addresses belief. If then you have been raised in Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And we could stop right there. Because if we don't have this right, if we don't have our belief system right, it doesn't matter what other instruction he gives for the practical uh, you know, implementations, that how we walk this out. Because if the belief isn't right, if we're not abiding in Christ, all in all, and believing that he's already done the work for us, then everything else that we do is we're adding on to that. Uh, it's religion. And we are setting ourselves up for failure. We're doing it, things with a works mentality, and it can be a frustrating cycle and a process for us um and it will get us nowhere quick so the question really is is we stop right here and think and ask ourselves and maybe pose this question to the members in our group is so it's not do you believe because everyone believes something you believe correctly or you believe falsely incorrectly you know so the question is what do you believe do you sincerely believe what Paul, what Paul is teaching right here to recalibrate our perspective uh not investing in Human philosophy and traditions and the teachings of this world that can sound lofty and, and really smart and catchy, but are we really grounded in what in Christ's deity and who he is and who we are in him? So uh, Christina. I just wanted to ask, uh, from a, a woman's perspective, um, you know, as, as you can provide feedback on, on what Paul is sharing here, uh, do you believe, I guess, for the women, is it something that can really hit home in terms of um, taking this perspective or this direction um, and going back to the belief system um, driving our behaviors and our thought lives and our emotions and our actions uh, therefore?
0: Absolutely. And I think that's why I love Colossians 3 so much. And Lamar, you're you are the one that uh, pointed this out. He uh, showed this to us. If you look at Colossians 3, um, this helps me, Marcos, um, just reading a little bit further along about putting to death the old ways. And it says putting to death the sexual immorality, the impurity, the passion, the evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Um, we all know what that is. We've all been affected by that, right, y'all? I mean, this is, this is where why we're here is because we've experienced betrayal or brokenness in our marriage. Um, and so um, the men or the one who has been unfaithful has to put to death those things. And that's where, you know, it's beautiful to have something like the Conquer series to show um, the men and the men that you guys work with Uh, tangible ways to become set free from the sexual immorality and the impurity and the evil desires and those things. But it goes on. There's an and there. And it's this and, Marcos, that I think, and I'm not separating this out, that only men struggle with, you know, evil, passionate desires. And then this is just for the women. It's for men and women. But this is for women who don't struggle with sexual immorality. There's still an and there. And, it, and it, if you read on, it says for those, we have to put them all away, not just the sexual immorality and evil desires and, and those things. We also have to put away the anger, the wrath, the malice, the slander, the obscene talk from your mouth. Those are all responses to the sin, right, guys? I mean, those are the things that are going to get us mad. Women, you help me out here. Um, but those it's our reaction, our response to the sin that can become a sin, and so um, that's what speaks to me, Marcos. Is it's not just a matter of putting to death. It, this this journey isn't just for the men. It's for the response of the women too, and that's why we've been talking about so much in, in um you know the mission briefs and the sanctuary events with the the men and the women that, that what forgiveness looks like. Because without that forgiveness, that's what you're har- harboring onto, and that's just going to be your response. You're going to Resume and maintain anger and wrath and malice. And then there is no fruit for what God designs us to do. And so it's not just a matter of putting to death these things. We read on to verse 12. Yes, we got to take those gray clothes off. You know, I, I, I love the story of Lazarus and um, John 11, I believe it is. And it's Jesus comes and his friend is dead. He's been dead four days. He stinks. He stinketh. You know, It's disgusting. And he says, take off those grave clothes. You got to take them off. So we put to death those things. We put to death our anger. and We put to death the sexual immorality. But then we're naked and we're just standing there naked. And if we stop there in recovery, we're just standing there naked. And that's what I hear all the time from the women, Marcos, is that, yeah, he's sober minded, but there's still no intimacy. There's still no connection. Our sex still sucks. I mean, it's just that's what I hear from the women. I'm not valued. I'm not appreciated. And, yes, he's sober and he's meeting with the men and he's in the word. But I still feel like I'm drowning by myself because look, we have to read on. This is so, so, so important, y'all. Then we have to put on, what do we have to put on? We have to put on God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. We have to put on kindness, humility, meekness, patience. These are things that are not I centered anymore like the sin was. It's not about my desires and my lust and my ways and my, my pride. All of a sudden, this is selfless. This is the man turning his eyes and saying, Oh my goodness, what did I do to you? I need to have a compassionate heart. I need to be kind through your pain and through your struggle. I need to be humble and own my mistake. I need to be meek and allow the Holy Spirit to drive me and steer me. I need to be patient with you the way you've been patient with me in fighting for this marriage. And so, you know, I just think this is just so beautiful that we are showed that it's, it, it's a process. It's a step-by-step and it's not one or the other. We have to put to death the sin, but then we have to put on these beautiful things that God outlines for us. And that Dr. Weiss does a very good job showing and walking through in Warpath. path. So when 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 you have members just stop at the conquer series, well, they've stripped down, they've taken their gray clothes off, but they're still standing there, butt naked y'all. And they got to put on these beautiful things and they need to learn to be compassionate to their wives and humble and meek. So they need to keep going on this journey. They can't just stop. They need to be able to you know, join in and, and stronger together, which addresses intimacy anorexia where a woman might be stuck in that anger state or in that malice, wrath, the obscene talk. She might be stuck there because of the trauma or you know, the man might be still struggling with relapse or not being able to be empathetic. Get them into stronger together. You know, we have some couples here that teach that. That's a beautiful thing. So this is a journey. It's not just jumping in the Conquer series, stripping down and being free from your sin. Now you got to dress yourself. You got to dress yourself with God's God's clothing. You got to dress yourself with, with the verse 12 there, everything that we're supposed to give there. And it keeps going on to forgiveness. We, got, we we got We got to forgive. And he says that three times over and over again. Forgive, forgive, forgive. We can't ignore that. We can't ignore that. And then following the forgiveness, we gotta be thankful. And that's where I'm gonna steer it to you, Lamar, um, where we are right now. And we're talking about the importance of gratitude. And I wanna get you all engaged on here with with the season of Thanksgiving and coming up, open up the chat here. What are you appreciative of? This helps our hearts when we write it down, when we share it with other people, when we're public and we proclaim, yes, I might be in a mess. Yes, I might be stressed over the holidays. But I am so thankful for X, Y, Z. Plug it in. I want to see it. I want to read it. I want to hear it. I'm going to pass the mic over to you, Lamar.
1: Hey, thank you both so much, you know, for setting the table here. Uh, it's going to be especially difficult over the next seven to eight weeks going through the holiday season to truly be able to take off those old gray clothes you, that we talk about in Colossians three five and then into three seven. And then, how do you get to three twelve? And that's kind of a tangible aspect of the of the briefing here. Um, we've talked about the forgiveness part. We talked about the gratitude part. Laced in there, there's a whole bunch of love. And, and really, what are some of the obstacles over the holidays that are getting you there? Um, I, I'm seeing new identity uh, fr- from folks. I'm seeing other things in here. I mean, I, I got to be honest. You know, the first thing I think about with the holidays is food. That's because you know one of my three emotions is hunger uh the other two being you know sad and happy and so I'm kind of a basic guy and so for me I appreciate a a really good cornbread dressing not too dry uh it has to have kind of some some turkey thigh in there just to give a little bit of moisture and a little bit of taste uh don't forget there's probably going to be some uh, some hard boiled egg that's grated up in there too so that's what I'm of stuff like that initially but also with that comes a, a sense of self, which gave, guides me back to, to Colossians 3.5 and 3.7. And so I gotta start thinking about, you know, outside of myself, what does that look like as we go through the holiday season? Um, and and there's, there's some big big hitters here that, are, that we're prone to fall prey to. Um, really, it's about our time, how we screwed that up over the holidays. It's about our money, how we really mess that up if we're not careful and then our family and some of y'all probably just started twitching as you start thinking about somebody's holiday get togethers with your family and you know what's coming you know uncle so-and-so or brother-in-law x they're going to drink too much they're going to say something stupid you're going to get fired up somebody else is going to start yelling at them and then you're right back to where it's always been maybe you get triggered and maybe somebody gets a little bit closer to sin be that for you or be it for your your group members so we want to really talk about that talk about some of the tactical applications of how we get into this holiday season and just know that God is sovereign and he is Lord and we are different. We are changed and your group members, they may not have that yet. They may not have that sense of new identity. And so we're going to try and figure out how to imbue that in them just with the super taught gospel presented in Colossians Mm three. Absolutely,
0: Yeah. I love that too. I love that too. And Marcus, as as we go on, then, you know, uh, Through 12 through 17, there's guidance there. There's They don't just, Paul doesn't leave us hanging. He's in prison and it's it's incredible that he can foresee how this, I don't know if he could foresee our present day and age, but how um, timeless his advice is and his guidance is. And that's why I truly believe it is all God and Holy Spirit inspired uh, because there's tangible steps that are written here that we can do. You know, it says things like put on love and let the peace of Christ rule your heart, be thankful, get in the word, sing songs, um, teach and admonish one another, Um, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wow. Okay. So now we have guidelines. We have parameters. So what does that look like moving forward into the holidays? How can we line up what today looks like with the parameters that Paul gave us back then when he was writing from prison?
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think what matters is keeping the important thing, the important thing. And so as we all are excited about heading into this holiday season and celebrating Thanksgiving and all the delicious food that Lamar just listed. I'm not a cornbread guy, though, so sorry about that. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it, it's, it's beyond this humanistic traditions and these holidays, because those aren't going to endure into eternity. And this is what Paul is trying to focus on is to focus on these innate uh qualities these values that what really matters you know it's not only our relationship with God our identity in God but our relationship with each other and how we interact and how we are able to go through life in a healthy manner and you talked about those positive traits and qualities um you know and I love Paul here uh, from a, a clinical perspective you know cognitive behavioral therapy uh, really focuses on uh unearthing the unconscious uh things that influence our behavior and our emotions our actions and and so our belief system which is what we're really targeting right now is our belief system what do we believe because we have knowledge of Christ we have knowledge of our salvation but do we really believe those things because if we did are we really showing the fruit uh that Paul is listing out here in terms of having compassionate hearts which by the way This is in CB uh, cognitive behavioral therapy called uh, a technique called modeling. Uh, Paul is pointing to Christ, you know, what does he exude? What is his image? What is he conveying? And it's these things it's compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And then I love how you pointed out that he really lingers on forgiveness and emphasizes it three times it's forgiving each other. And then he could go on to the next part of the list. uh, But he says forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So let's pause there and reflect on, man, how, what has God forgiven me of? You know, what I, what have I done? What am I still doing? What have I been planning to do? You know, that God is just enduring and, and patiently, graciously loving on me and showing his mercy, lavishing me with his love. And that's how I need to, you know, forgive somebody else. Um, and then it says, so you must also forgive as such. And, and then he says, but above all else, put on love. And this is in the Greek, agape love. You know, you have the storge, the eros, and uh, philo. Uh, philo. Um, but this is the agape love. This is that self-sacrificial love uh, that covers a multitude of sins. Um, and this is how we are to love others and to then indwell within ourselves the peace of Christ. Uh, and just be thankful. Again, he's repeating this heart of gratitude, uh, to be thankful, to be thankful, because thankfulness puts our hearts, our, our mindset in a posture uh, of setting aside pride, uh, of, of, you know, putting apart the self and just really extending an appreciation to someone else who has done something for us that we could either, you know, not done for ourselves or didn't get a chance to do so or have no way of doing it, you know, and this is above first and foremost, gratitude to God for what he's done, you know, and then to one another and just be thinking of what can I be grateful for today, despite what my circumstances look like, despite what may be going on around me, whatever the economy, the markets are showing right now, whatever as we're, you know, heading into this holiday season, uh, you know, the media and, and everyone's encouraging us to do uh, in terms of spending and and the expectations that we think are you know uh, uh, put on our shoulders, those things aren't enduring into eternity. What really matters again is the quality of the relationship that we have with one another, the quality of the relationship that we have with God. Are we healthy in our identity um, and and confident in that, and are we walking that out? And if so, we should be bearing these fruits. Uh, those are indicators. Those are signs. Because if we are bearing anything else other than uh what is listed here and if we go back to the list before that of putting off the old man talking about the sexual immorality the pornea right uh the impurity which uh the Greek for that is akatharsia, which is where we get our our word catharsis from which catharsis is again is that that purifying that purging process is when you're letting go of things but the opposite of that is suppression and this is that akatharsia in Greek is when you're keeping things within it's this impurity Uh, It's this tension it's this toxicity that you need to release and guys our body keeps score whenever you're feeling something. uh, it's a a flag it's a sign it's an indicator it's a response to an external stimuli that is happening to you, and you need to acknowledge that you don't need to suppress it you don't need to forget about it, you need to sit and like why did I just feel that way. You know, why am I thinking this? And really think about asking, asking yourself the why and what provoked that, what caused that, so we can address the root and ask ourselves, does that line up with God's word? Does that line up with what Paul is instructing us here to believe? Is it aligning, you know, with uh, our identity in Christ, that Christ is overall and, and in all? And, and once we ask ourselves that question, and we go through that step-by-step process of one taking you know an honest inventory of what it is that we're feeling the thoughts the emotions as we think about heading into these holidays and maybe just sit down and list those things out and, and ask just why am i thinking that why am i feeling that and and try to you know take time and ask the holy spirit to reveal to you what may be causing these things and how we can process and replace these false uh, erroneous beliefs uh, that may be uh, leading us to act out, you know, with evil desires, with anger, with wrath, with malice, slander, obscene talk, lying to one another, and how can we put off that old man and put on the new man within us, of, and, and, and therefore, uh, through God's empowerment and through his Holy Spirit, put forth kindness and humility and patience, meekness, forgiveness, uh, showcasing that forth onto others. And so, I think it's so crucial for us to just take a second as we prepare, and I love that this is so in line and consistent with this holiday of Thanksgiving, you know, um, it starts with that. And just remembering what Christ did for us, you know, it's not just, you know, we, we don't just remember that during Easter. It's, it's, it's an everyday thing, you know, it's an all day, everyday thing, year round thing. And if we maintain that heart posture, You know it could be easter every day for us and we can always be expressing a heart of gratitude because if we can stop and think of what christ has done for us when we didn't deserve it gosh we can extend that same gratitude and that same mercy and and that same love towards others who may not deserve it themselves you know and that's how we operate is in that overflow um because if we just operate in our own might, our own strength uh, we're running on empty all day long you know and and so um i think that that's a great way to really approach uh this holiday season is to stop for a second do that honest inventory you know what kind of fruit am i bearing in my life right now you know and if i can be you know honest and transparent for a second here um you know sometimes i have long days you know and balancing a master's degree with school right now as i'm pursuing my, my mdiv and clinical mental health counseling degrees uh, you know, working here at Soul Refiner, uh, you know, being married, you know, in um, my first year of marriage, by the way, we're about to celebrate our anniversary here in about a week or so. So we're excited about that. Um, but just going through the stresses of life as we're ma- managing all these things. And, you know, at times, you know, as I, in my interaction with my wife, you know, there there are times that um, I do the dishes. All right. Sometimes I do the dishes, you know, but most of the time she, my wife finds herself doing the dishes and she brings that up. And uh, sometimes I come home late from work and and she's like, hey, you know, the food's there, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't forget to do the dishes. And and my response, I remember the other night was just like, I don't care, you know, like, I I don't care that I have to do the dishes, you know, and it's, it's just like, but that was just like this cold you know response and and it's just like i immediately thought like, where did that come from like you know like and, and and it's just like i should And i had to say i'm sorry you know and and uh you know and to take a second and to really recognize how we can continue to promote healthy loving relationship and kindness um you know between one another so we can cultivate um uh, uh all that god has for us you know and and what he says that we have access to the mysteries and the all surpassing knowledge that christ has can be found not only in our walk with him but in our walk with each other as we do life together um and so i think as we spend more time together and knowing how to do so as he's demonstrating here for us i think is so crucial and so key um and, and i think those are all great pointers
0: i would take it even a step forward i love what you shared marcus about doing that honest inventory of yourself but if you are married, which um, a lot of people here are, share that inventory with your spouse. That's important conversation to have. That's the part of the do not lie to one another. What struggles do you have during the holidays? Why are you being triggered? Why is this a difficult time for you? Um, I think that's a to invite your spouse along in the journey and to ask them, what are their struggles? And this is the conversation that you need to be encouraging your group members to have too in the holiday season. It's about open communication, preemptively having these conversations before they're overwhelmed with the holidays. Like, um, honey, um, are you encouraging your men to go to your wives and say, I know the holidays can be triggering. What can I do to help? What, I mean, lead me in the right direction. I can come up with suggestions or what does that look like? Because I know this can be hard for you. Uh, what's hard for you? What are the things that are hard for you? Let's talk about it. I want to hear about it. So encourage that to your have your group members to have conversations. Um, Lamar, would you like to speak more on just uh, let's let's start talking about tangible things and I want to get a conversation going here. So we have takeaways and and team members, uh, leaders, I want to hear in the chat from you. Uh, suggestions and ways that uh, might be helpful things that we can gift to our leader or give to our t- our, our groups um, to help them through the holidays. What are things they need to be aware of? What are some tangible things they can do? Uh, one thing that um, I want you to talk, talk on, sweetie, is the importance of continuing in group. I mean, that it's right here that we have to the teaching and admonishing one another. We can't put that on pause for the months of November and December. So what does that look like when life gets so crazy, Lamar, um, for group time? I mean, how do you manage that when you're leading groups?
1: It's super interesting stuff there. I, so, so many people want to go ahead and just either put the group on hold over the holidays or you know, they'll, they'll go through some seriously unnatural acts to move the group around too much. Um, listen, we're not ever going to sit back and say thou shalt or this is the only way to do it you know, we're not going to put that procedure on people kind of like the Navy used to do to us uh, we're going to give a lot, people a lot of techniques and so some suggestions here please don't take more than one week off if you ever have to take a week off um, when do you find yourself you know you're not going to have a quorum necessarily as a group leader you might not have all your folks do a check-in Leave it open. Keep the sanctity of that group time if you can. And that way people are still in that battle rhythm of meeting up on every Tuesday night at 630 local, be that on the computer or be that in person. And that way, if they miss a week, fine, so be it. I get it. You had to go to some kid's kindergarten show. I I, I understand. I get everybody else does as well. But then having the rest of the group be available to them that same day, the next day, the day before to check in. And that way people don't have to feel alone.
0: And Lamar, can you, I'm going to stop you there. Um, John wrote, and I love this. My addiction doesn't take a vacation. Don't you love that? You're right. Our addiction and recovery. I'm going to say not just the addiction, but recovery. Recovery from the man and the woman and the marriage doesn't take the holidays off. Uh, you're exactly right, John. Thank you for that wisdom. But um, with that, Lamar, when you say um, a check-in, can you kind of walk us through what what a check-in looks like for you?
1: This is really interesting. I I do a Saturday morning check-in group. There's no curriculum. There's no structure to it. It's just a bunch of guys getting together to talk about what Christ is doing in their lives and where they might have, you know, stepped in it inadvertently. Uh, And what that shares is some of the victories that we have, but also, hey, other guys, please don't do the same thing I did. Don't walk in those steps where I found myself having to clean my shoe off. And so... I think a check-in is just fantastic from a high, low standpoint. Hey, here's what the holidays are are doing to us in a a positive or a negative light. And then to always reiterate that with some form of scripture, as a leader, if you don't have a back pocket scripture each week, you know, a new one, let me strongly encourage you. Um, you may be wondering all the time, what do I do? What do I talk about? What is this going to look like? Start reading. And I'm talking like, just open up the Bible to some random area. Don't even think about where you're going and just read it out loud in your voice. And that way you can listen to hear what God is saying to you specifically about something. And if it doesn't rhyme with his glory, then it doesn't count. So let me encourage you in that regard.
0: Yeah. So in these check-ins, it's, it's not, it's, it's putting a pause on the curriculum. It's saying, okay, we're going to maybe not do week 11 this week um, because it's Christmas and New Year's. So we're going to do a check-in. So we open up the, the Zoom meeting uh, for this time, or we'll meet at the coffee shop, and it's informal. It's just an informal check-in. In In fact, we're going to take a script uh, page from our own script here, and that's what our next webinar is going to look like, so we're going to model that. We're going to do a check-in, a leadership check-in, and we're going to invite you guys to invite the people that you lead to this, um, because you should be raising future leaders anyway, and show them what a check-in looks like, and it's just going to be a place to Hey, how's everybody doing? Let's, you know, what are some highs and lows? What, how are we doing with the holidays? How are we um, arming ourselves and getting ready and not falling um, into the ways of this world and putting, taking back those stinky clothes and putting them back on?
2: <laughs> yeah. So we're
0: going to do that on December second, and we're very excited about that. And then another place we have is um, we have the sanctuary event and the mission brief next Friday. I invite your members to go to this. It's another place. It's another um, a place where we get to teach and admonish one another and learn from one another and hold each other accountable. And we're going to be teaching this lesson. And so it's something they need to hear. The women need to hear it. The men need to hear it. So we're going to be digging deeper into this. So it's another safe place to go. One other idea and suggestion I have is for you as leaders to have on hand, because the rates of depression, anxiety, um, relapse, um, falling back into the addictions, relapse, um, those things are much higher during the holidays. So keep on hand, um, emergency calls, contact numbers, local a trauma therapists in your area that are willing to work on the holidays, call them up and ask if they have uh, later hours, um, have those hotline numbers at your fingertips and let your people know in your group that you have access to this. Because in crisis, the last thing people want to be doing is researching. But it's easy to pick up the phone and ask you if they know. So, um, be prepared. Go in prepared that this can be a difficult time. So, what, Marcus and Lamar and team, raise your hands here. What are some other things that we can do as leaders to prepare us for this holiday season?
2: I'll probably just piggyback off of what Lamar was saying and just stressing the importance of accountability and staying in the light. You know, during this season, I think as we all know uh addiction thrives in secrecy it thrives in isolation uh it's a daunting thing to you know maybe be going well for a while and then you have a slip up and it's just like oh man and you kind of dwell on that shame and then you battle with you know do I confess do I share to a brother uh or or, or talk about this you know it's a real struggle real battle but uh just like Christ invites us to accept the gospel which is an invitation to come and die life is through death uh and so like talking about putting on this old man to put on the new man we we need to die to self and to crucify the flesh in this way uh and the the you know for for many of us um apple pie with ice cream during this holiday season isn't the only type of pie we need to be eating. sometimes we need to be a little humble pie you know and 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 just uh walking in humility and transparency and, and 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 vulnerability this um without regard you know just not holding back because the more that you expose the more you bring to light the more freedom you have access to um and it's like sometimes you gotta rip off the band-aid to do it quick and 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 like wow okay that wasn't so bad and then you just you know uh do it in a a safe environment obviously with people that you know and trust you know with leaders uh that you have in your life um and that goes for leaders as well. You know, some of us struggle, struggle with having to put on this example you know, for, for those that are in our group. And, and hopefully, it's important that you have people in your lives as well that you can open up and confess to that you're not the standard. Christ is the standard. You know, um, And, and you know, Paul wasn't pointing to uh, Epaphras, who is the founder of, of the church in Colossae. So hey, look at Epaphras, guys. You know, you know, he said, no, Look, point to Christ. Look at Christ. How does he model uh, the life that we should be, be living? Uh, So I just wanted to add to that and and stress that.
0: That's good. And and, Marcus, that's fantastic. And and I think it's it's very powerful. This is this message we need to hear. And like you said, during the holiday season, it's so important. I want to go to what John said. Um, We have two additional meetings, participation meetings weekly. It's amazing how addicts don't realize they need the additional support. Amen and amen to that. If you can, as a group leader, I'm not asking you to take on more. This might be a great opportunity to find someone to be help you as a co-leader if you don't have one, or raise up an additional co-leader and ask them to open up just a, a, another meeting. And again, you don't have to be going over the curriculum, a check-in place, discuss highs and lows, how are you doing on the holidays, an accountability place to come together. Having that in place, having extra additional support during the holidays is essential. And again, please, um, if you do this all yourself, you're taking away the opportunity for someone that might be fearful and might need just a gentle nudge to step up and, and help you with this. This is this is the season where you need to be distributing and getting help as well so you're not overwhelmed. And Katie, I saw your hand raised and I saw you also wrote something, but I'm gonna allow you to sp- allow you to speak. So I want to hear from you, sweetie.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Um, good morning. Um, it's morning here. <laughs> yes, she's in California. So I did not do the holidays well last year. (laughs) We'll just say I did not do the, but moving forward, knowing that what, what didn't work, um, I would completely agree and encourage, um, uh, the program that I was in, they took time off for the holiday. And although I 100% advocate for, we have to make new memories for these holidays Um, It's very important to kind of overwrite the, the old ones, uh, but the body doesn't lie. And you'll have those, you know, negative memories Um, there, you know, whether it's a a group text or whether it's a group me or whether it's a FaceTime with somebody um, it's like, I feel like we as leaders and even just, you know, anybody going through recovery, we need to plan now for. What's coming? What's coming for Thanksgiving? What's coming for Christmas? And we need to get that support system in place now with whether it's a sponsor, whether it's, you know, a couple close friends, but um, just to be like, hey, like even a check in, you can do a check in uh, virtually. You know, you can do a check in with your girlfriends on group me or, or your, your buddies and, and just, you know, take that extra time out. And then also with your spouse, when you're doing your weekly check-ins and, and you're, you're projecting ahead, like, like you said, how can I, I support you coming up? And I think it's so important for me, what I've learned over this last, you know, these last couple of years is externally processing with our buddies and with our girlfriends is vitally important. Uh, You know, of course we want to lay all this at the foot of Jesus and we want him to come in and him to do the healing, but practically speaking, you know, we can do our Bible time. We can do our devotion time. We can do our check-in time and still need that connection. And so if we can externally process with our, our buddies and with our girlfriends before we go to our spouse (laughs) and we kind of unload our emotions and our feelings and everything else, I think it really helps with having, you know, that grateful, that gratitude and that positive and not all the blah and the negative. And so I just, I'm so thankful for this meeting this morning that I was able to jump on here. And I just really appreciate you empowering people for the holidays, because if we can be proactive, that's going to help crisis. So I love it. For calling
0: on me. You're, you're spot on, Katie. You are absolutely spot on, and and, and it, is, it does take intentionality, and that's why we're doing this right now to go in uh, ahead of time. And you're not alone. I mean, it's I did not do the holiday season right. Lamar and I really struggled um, through the holidays the first couple of years um, in recovery, and that's why I'm very passionate about. Well, how can we learn? Uh, take our mistakes and teach you or teach the people in your groups or other people that are hurting so that they don't have to relive our mistakes. Um, so, uh, I think, think that's absolutely beautiful. It, it is hard as a woman. Um, I know I don't suffer from this alone and I need my women in here to nod their heads. I suffer with perfectionism and everything has to be perfect. And the holidays, I mean, that is on steroids. You have to have the perfect looking house and you have to pick out the perfect gifts and you have to throw the perfect parties at school. And I mean, everything has to be perfect. It can drive you insane. And this goes back to what you were sharing, Marcos, um, that, I mean, that is, that is a struggle that I know a lot of women um, have during the holidays. And when you mix that desire to be perfect with a trauma state, when your world is out of control and you can't fixate on anything except the next breath you're taking, your world blows up and now you're, you, you have all these expectations. You can't meet them. And now you're not only as a feeling as a failure, as a wife, because we do, we feel like we failed as a wife. We failed in our marriage. Now we failed at providing Christmas for everyone. We fail at being joy. It's horrible. It is so overwhelming. And that's why we need to get these women together. And we need to get them on this um, sanctuary of next. We're going to be talking about this, taking off of the things that don't bring us joy or bring joy to the Lord. Um, I stopped doing Christmas cards that year. I mean, I would spend hours doing it and it wasn't out of a place of joy. It was a place of guilt. And I got to project the perfect family and get the perfect picture and, 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 you know, perfect postage and blah, 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 blah. I had, I had, I had, that had to die. That's part of my old gray clothes. And I haven't sent one out since. And, And that's okay. I mean, it's it's okay to, and that's what we need to talk about with the women. So encourage the women to come to the sanctuary event. Encourage your men to come to the mission brief so we can help them prepare for the holiday season. So Lamar, you got some more ideas here, some tangible takeaways that we can give people and opening up the hands, please raise your hands if you have something you want to share or the chat. So I'd love to hear from you.
2: Uh, I'm just going to interject here real quick, Christina, and just uh, say that I'm so glad you brought that up. And wanted to just emphasize that hey, it's nothing wrong with anyone that if you do these things, you know, as you prepare, you know, for the holidays, as you're serving, and wanted to have this awesome atmosphere and environment you want to create for your family to enjoy, and and just you know have a great time in. There's nothing wrong with it, but it, there is an issue when your self worth, your identity, you know, the you know you thinking your level of importance and and the uh, pressure to you know. Put on this show and presentation to others when, when all the, all of that is contingent on you doing these things that's when the issue uh is, it's a problem you know you want to be in a healthy state of mind, a healthy person you know uh doing these things of operating in a new man the new spirit man uh and then yeah go and do those things you know if you want you know but don't feel compelled or pressured to do all these things because if i don't then it's just like the end of the world and i'm not good enough and you know what kind of uh dad or mom or family member am i you know, and you can kind of spiral into that train of thought and, and therefore put yourself in a position where you want to self-medicate. And so um, so I just wanted to, to point that out. Yeah.
1: Well, team, I, I know I promised you some discussion on your money, your time and your family. OK, so uh, if, if you got your sharpened pencils out, you shouldn't because none of this is super profound. But it's just a little, you know, little pro tips. And uh, and I really don't have any schlitz here. You know, Christina's done a ton of studying on licensed professional counseling. I don't know if you caught Marcos talking about his graduate studies, but he's going for a dual degree, one in a master's of divinity, another in a master's of counseling. So uh, I, I'm woefully underprepared here in terms of an intellectual uh, standpoint. So you guys want going to, have to bear with me for a few minutes here. So your family, that's where the forgiveness piece comes in. You know in advance that some nut job relative is going to say something or do something completely off the wall. All right, and forgive me for my doctrinal terms here, like nut job, uh, crazy uncle, you know, everybody's got one. Everybody's got a cousin that's in and out of jail. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so future forgiveness, meaning that you're resolving within yourself now to forgive, incredibly important. You know it's coming. So you enjoy the moment, you look at it as another sanctification tool from a good father who loves his kids a whole bunch. Right. and then we go ahead and execute there it doesn't mean we lapse into apathy where we just don't care we still have to have a heart for the people that are lost out there and i'm talking about the nut jobs and so we're after their hearts in the end the desired end state is they come to know jesus and then maybe they don't have to be so nutty all the time and so I, but when we resolve the future forgive that's what really helps with the family in terms of time is it god glorifying Okay, if you're doing the after party for your second graders pageant, because you want to be seen by the rest of the town folks. Okay, I'm not sure that's a great use of your time around the holidays, just some other event that you feel like you have to go check a box and go to. Look, just check our hearts on this one. Does it glorify God and not anybody else that ain't God. Uh, That's a great tip there. And if,
2: I, I love that. Check the don't check the box. Check your
1: heart. I love yeah, that. yeah. Don't yeah. check the box. And, check your heart. And Lamar,
0: I also hear you say not. It's a two-step process. Does it glorify God and does it honor my spouse?
1: Yeah. Amen. With
0: each decision that you make uh, for the holidays, and I think that's a a great great heart check.
1: And then finally, with your money, listen. Your four-year-old granddaughter. If you buy her a two-thousand-dollar Barbie Jeep or a one-thousand-dollar Barbie Jeep, okay. She's not gonna know. She's four. Okay. Unless she's already doing abacus calculus. I don't even know if that's a thing. She doesn't she doesn't care. Okay. All right. So make good use of your money. Make good use of your time. And just know that your family is there for you to love. And I'm talking about big L love. Somebody said it earlier with agape. That's big L love. My little L love always points back to me. And how can I be glorified? Or maybe. you know, maybe I'm thinking that I'm selfless, but I'm still thinking about how somebody else can be glorified. So, indirectly, it's still about me being glorified. Big L Love says, I got no dog in this fight, and nobody's ever even going to realize any glory for me. It's all about his glory. Okay. And so, I, th- those are just some of the, the, the pro tips here. Um, and again, from, from someone who's a complete amateur at that.
0: No, it's, it's good, but we also have some experts in here that I want to hear from. Cliff, you t- you shared something right there. Can I have you open up your mic? I'd rather hear it from you. You're so good at at, at uh, sharing your pro tips. What did I share? Oh, it's about keeping your meetings going through the holidays.
4: Yeah, um, this would be my third, third winner. Fourth, fourth winner. So, um, Uh, it's so important to be available, actually have a meeting available for whoever can make it. Uh, Even if like you got six guys in a group and four guys says, you know, this one's busy, this one's doing this, this one has that. If one guy is showing up and you get that opportunity to, to let him talk about what he's going through, uh, because obviously he's there because he wants to be there. And, um, and just having that conversation, you get to know each other on a, on a deeper level because you're not dealing with this guy, this guy, or this curriculum. Um, it, it really opens the door for a much deeper uh, conversation and uh, really beneficial. And if there's more guys, awesome. Depends on what day of the week it is you're meeting. Uh, sometimes it interferes. Like my Thursday nights on Thanksgiving are tough. When it's Christmas Eve, it's tough, you know. So we skip a week. But um, uh, we've changed a day in the past, but I we just skipped that that week, that particular day. And uh, but it it's it's worked out to uh, you know, my 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 direction was to make the meeting available and to be there myself. So uh, mm-hmm. it just helps them um uh, deal events sometimes.
0: I, I love that, and I've noticed that too. When Lamar and I have led couples groups, some of our most powerful, like just Soul rocking tear-jerking sessions that we don't even want to hang up on have been the ones without the curriculum where we're just okay, let's do a check-in. It's the holidays, let's just check in, and you don't know who's going to be there. And usually it's a smaller group. And we it's just incredible to see what the Holy Spirit does with that time. It it's powerful.
4: And even if um uh you you gotta skip the curriculum for a couple weeks, that's right. As you're going through stuff, it really it really allows a forum for them to get mm-hmm. that off their chest, the past hurts, wounds, whatever. It also is a more intimate conversation on maybe things that you really want to drive home with that person, or have you really done your forgiveness letters? You know, uh, you really, you know, you know, you can really dig in a little bit deeper um, without being confrontational. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I-
4: I think that that's
1: a great point, Cliff, you know, it, it, as you, as you move off that curriculum center for those few weeks, um, what does that look like to go back and catch some of the omies? Uh, is it the 10 worst moments of your life? Is it the wax and lax? Maybe it's the full disclosure that a guy didn't really get all the way to. There's always stuff that guys can go back and revisit, or maybe it's just a an old itch about something that they wrote that they're like, I don't even know what that means anymore. So Tom, I saw you had your hand up. Did you want to share anything or?
0: Yeah. I want to hear more about this plurality of leadership. That sounds fancy.
5: <laughs> uh, sorry for the fancy words. Um, I like it. I just wanted to say that it has been, I'm, I'm 18 years plus in my recovery and uh, I um I find it very valuable to have uh, multiple leaders in my group uh, because we check in with each other every week uh, before we meet with our guys. And uh, I just find that time very important for me that to try to carry on this ministry, you know, by myself. Uh, even though it's not really by myself, because the Lord is with me. Uh, but uh, there is, a, for me, just a great value to have uh, people beside me and uh, there to provide accountability and and uh, also to join with me in serving uh, the men in, in the body of Christ. So, just wanted to advocate for that and, and uh, encourage others to do the same.
0: Yeah. I think that divides, divides the pressure too. So you're not um, weighing, you know, being weighed by it all. It another point that Marcos Lamar and I talked about as um, boundaries, it's hard as leaders to say, no, it's hard as leaders to ask another someone to step up and, and to be part of your plurality of leadership um, because it takes eating some of that humble apple pie, Margo's <laughs> saying, I don't have it. You know, that's what we're all fearful of. The women are fearful of it. The men are fearful of it, but that's what we oh, need yeah. to do. That is the Colossians three way that is taking off the old gray goats and putting on the new is saying, no, I need help or learning how to say no, because that's love, you know, and that's okay. It's okay. Yes. is not always the answer of love. Sometimes it's, a, that's, too much. I need to bring in some other people. And we're opening up that opportunity where God can use them. We could be doing something magnificent by humbling ourselves and gifting them the opportunity.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, someone earlier gave us their mobile number, I believe, and said they would love to connect with people. And I I also think that is terribly important. Um uh, to kind of hear what God's doing in some other areas in the country, and uh, how their group is going, and maybe get ideas about ways to uh, improve their own ministry. So I have to go because I have a work oh. meeting that starts one o'clock. So oh, so oh, wonderful! Thank you, Tom. Thank, thank you, absolutely.
0: So- and the, the, the chat is a safe place, y'all. If you do feel comfortable putting your phone numbers or contact information or your church names or your group names, that is not recorded. So that is just for the people that are in this group. That's the advantage of coming to this group is you get the, the networking um, during the live time. So by all means, use that chat to connect with people. You can private message people and exchange contact information, whatever you want. That's free and open to you.
1: Yeah. So one thing I want to do this week, I, I want to go ahead and close us out in prayer for the formal piece of this, and we'll go ahead and stop the recording after the prayer. Um, but I do want to keep everybody uh, in the meeting if you're available, because we have some some specific situations that some group leaders have brought up that they they just want to see if anybody else has gone through anything like this. And so if you can stick around, please do so. But com- you know, completely understand if you got to be like Tom and, and jet on out of here. So. Hey, Lord, thank you so much for this 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 body that you give us, the body of Christ. And, and Lord, this is the, the place where the body can truly be the body, where we can support one another, we can share our burdens with each other, we can confess our sins one to another. Uh, and so, Lord, I'll, I'll take, you know, first place here is lead sinner. Um, God, we hand it over to you at the foot of the cross. Uh, the stuff that landed us here, and then and then the reactionary sins, you know, the anger, the wrath, all the things that, that that we allow the holidays to inspire in us that aren't God-like. Um, we hand all that over to you, Lord. We hand our time over. We hand our forgiveness over for our family. And we hand over all of our money to you as well. It's not ours. We ain't taking it with us. And I don't want to have it when I show up anyway. And so, God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this family. Thank you for this body, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. And thank you, Marcos. We really appreciate you joining us. So stick with us while we dig into some of these questions. What did you see, babe?